Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 76. And this is going to be um, related to another episode, episode 71 on the Atlantic article. Written by a young man, I think Daniel Pennington, who is a museum worker. And he's a part-time extremist hunter. Uh, This is an article, a response to it, uh, I wanted to read earlier. But it's by Monsignor Charles Pope. And it's called The Stages of Persecution. It's from Community and Mission. Community and Mission. And it's... um, it's basically a response towards what his uh, the article about the rosary uh, be in uh, being sort of like um, radicalized, radicalized by militia. This is what that young man said in his article, which is he he basically was completely unfair. You should look it up, go to the Atlantic, pull up that article. And uh, you'll see, uh, it's you know everybody was talking about it. Church Militant talked about it. Chela Marshall talked about it. Um, a lot of people uh, talked about this whole thing. I mean, it, it's 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 it was really a uh, it was an attack. It was a, basically an attack. It showed his ignorance of what the rosary means, what the rosary is, uh, what. And because he's conflating, he's conflating secularized culture. I wouldn't call, what do you call it? Um, I mean, I, I I work around, there's these guys, they're from a, a company, they're, they're, they're dog handlers. They handle bomb sniffing dogs. And uh, the, the museum I work at has signed a contract with a company and they're cool guys. They're cool guys, but they're very laid back also. Um, you know, they have these golden lab retrievers. Sometimes there could be other dogs and they use them to sniff out cars uh, to see if there's any, you know, this is a, 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 it's a, it's a security thing. And they, they go around and they, you know, they, we keep them around. And if someone leaves an abandoned bag, they go and they, they bring the dog and the dog sniffs out the bag and it's safe. If, you know, if the dog sits down, that means the bag has something. And, you know, a lot of these guys are ex-cops, ex-military guys. They're laid back. They're okay. Sometimes they, you know, they're easy to talk to. Sometimes they're not. And and sometimes, you know, they're just not interested. And sometimes if you get to know them, you'll see that they have tattoos on their arms. And they sometimes some of the guys may have a tattoo of a rosary. But it, if you talk to them, they know nothing about it. They know nothing about it. Sometimes maybe they might. You know, you can't really figure them out just by the tattoo. It's just that they tattooed it on their arm. They tattoo Christian symbols on their arm. Does it mean they read the Bible? Maybe, maybe not. Does it mean they pray the rosary? Maybe, maybe not. But you can't assume just because they, ha- they 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 got the rosary on the uh, tattooed on their arm it means that they're devout practicing catholics doesn't it, it it could mean that and it could mean nothing just because some kid walks around the street 
right, who could be from a Catholic family, wears a rosary around his neck, does not mean he prays the rosary. It doesn't mean that at all. Now, there are guys who are very, very, um, uh, who are in law enforcement. I wouldn't call it militia culture, but they're law enforcement or they have a very strong military background. Sometimes they can be devout practicing Catholics as well as they're very patriotic. But there are a lot of people who are very patriotic and not religious. Okay? There's some people who are very patriotic and very steeped in their American history and everything, and they're not religious at all. It It's different people. So this guy, Pennington, in the Atlantic article, clearly, I think, has... He's got his own problems. He's got his own issues. He's got his own anxieties. He's got his own insecurities. Whatever they are, that's his problem. But I want to read Monsignor Pope, Charles Pope's response. This is from August 17th, 2022. Stages of persecution. All right. With the recent article in the Atlantic, linking the rosary to extremist gun culture, we see a gross misunderstanding in the nature of spiritual warfare and its true target, Satan. The rosary is a weapon, but a spiritual one. While it is possible that the author simply misunderstood our allegorical references to warfare, I rather doubt he is that dumb. Rather, I suspect that this is an attempt to stereotype and vilify Catholics, especially traditional ones. These are tactics used to lay a groundwork for the marginalization and persecution of the faithful and the criminalization of their views. He's right. I was going to try to make an article, uh, a podcast, commentating on it, but I realized that Monsignor Pope did a better job, and so I'm going to use I'm going to use his article. With this incident, we do well to review the stages of persecution. The term stages is particularly important in the U.S. because it's rare for a previously respected segment of the population to become reviled overnight. The typical process is that the, the decent progress, uh, the, the descent progress in the stages that grow intensity in this way. The Catholic Church, once an esteemed institution in America, along with other Christian denominations, has become increasingly marginalized and now even hated by many. It may help us to consider the five stages of persecution because it seems that these things are going to get more difficult for the church in the years ahead. All right, so the stereotype, and he, uh, he I'll go back a little bit. While it's possible that the author simply misunderstood our allegorical references to warfare, I rather doubt he is that stu- he is that dumb. Rather, I suspect that this is an attempt to stereotype and vilify Catholics, especially traditional ones. These are tactics used to lay a groundwork for the marginalization and persecution of the faithful and the criminalization of their of of their views. While this incident 
while this incident, we do well to review the stages of persecution. The term stages is particularly important in the U.S. because it's rare for a previously respected segment of the population to become reviled overnight. The typical process is that the decent progress in stages that grow in intensity in this way. The Catholic Church, once an esteemed institution in America, along with other Christian denominations, has become increasingly marginalized and now even hated by many. It may help us to consider the five stages of persecution because it seems that things are going to get more difficult for the church in the years ahead. Okay? All right. So, <laughs> yeah, so you, if you go back and you look at it here, he really is right. He's because there's there's been a lot of changes. I mean, notice uh, recently when a lot of parents were waking up to the woke and the uh, critical race theory in the schools and how a lot of the the public school the teachers, the teachers' union. The teachers' union is very close to the Democratic Party. And I'll be, I'm a product of public school, and I can say this. You don't, the, your kids are not learning anything in public school. American history is not being taught. Philosophy is not being taught. Rather, they, um, because you're, you're a minority kid, they don't expect much from you. They don't expect much from you. That the teachers, it doesn't matter whether they're white teachers or other ethnic uh, groups. They don't. They don't really teach. They don't teach, and a lot of them basically should not even be teachers. I'm going to say it. They shouldn't even be teachers at all. But remember what happened when the parents got involved because uh, when parents saw what their kids were learning, the parents got involved. And the parents got vilified. Okay, they got vilified. They were literally almost labeled as terrorists. So if parents who get involved with their kids' education and saw that their kids are being indoctrinated, manipulated, groomed, they they were vilified. All right, let's continue. First, stereotyping the target group. To stereotype means to apply an overly simplistic belief about a group of people to each individual person in that class. As the 1960s and 1970s progressed, Christians were often caricatured as Bible thumpers, simpletons, haters of science, hypocrites. They were frequently labeled as self-righteous, old-fashioned, and backwards. Catholics in particular were also accused of having neurotic feelings of guilt and hatred of or aversion to sexuality. We were denounced as a sexist institution and called authoritarian, stuck in the past, hung up on our restrictive rules. According to the stereotype, Catholics and Bible-believing Christians are sad angry, boring, backward, repressed lot. To many who accept a uh, stereotype, we are laughable, even tragic group caught in superstition, 
past incapable of throwing off the shackles of faith. As with any large group, individual Christians and Catholics may manifest some negative traits, but in indiscriminately presuming the characteristic of a few to be common to all unjust. To be sure, not everyone engages in the, in the, in the stereotype, and even among those who do, the degree varies, but the climate created by its presence sets the foundation for the next stage of persecution. All right, he's right about that. Because really, uh, but I think also what I, um, there's also persecution from within the church, which um, I don't know if he's going to bring that up, but we are being persecuted from within. We're being persecuted by our leadership. All right. A lot of people, a lot of Catholics feel neglected. A lot of Catholics who, who believe all the, the truth of the faith are being neglected and being persecuted from within. Because technically, you know, when you look at it, Christ was abandoned by his followers. Christ was abandoned by them. And the early apostles being Jews, they were also persecuted from within their, their Jewish faith because of their of their acceptance as Jesus, as Messiah, as Christ. They were they were persecuted from within. So that's 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 a stage I think that should be in there. But we'll see what uh, how he goes with it. Uh, two, vilifying the target target group for alleged crimes or misconduct, as a stereotype, as a stereotyping grew, in intensely Catholics and Christians who did not go along with the cultural revolution were described as close-minded and harmful to human dignity and freedom, intolerant, hateful, bigoted, unfair, homophobic and or reactionary, basically bad people. The history of the church is also described um, myelopocally as, I don't know, I never use this word here, it's M-Y-O-P-I-C-A-L-L-Y, as a little more than a litany of bad repressive behavior going on on crusades conducting inquisitions, hating Galileo, oh, and all science, never mind that there might be a little more to our history, Found, founding universities and hospitals, patronizing the arts, uh, pa- uh, patronizing the arts, and preaching a gospel that brought order and civilization to the divided and barbaric times that followed the fall of Rome, Roman Empire, our critics won't hear any of that, or if they do, we'll give the credit to anyone or anything except the church and our faith. All of this has the 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 effected of effect of creating a self righteous indignation toward believers and of making anti Catholic and anti Christian attitudes a principal bigotry. All right, so uh, all of this has the effect of creating a self-righteous indignation toward believers 
and in making anti-Catholic and anti-Christian attitudes permissible bigotry. The third stage, marginalizing the targeted group's role in society. Having established the false premise that the church and the faith are bad, even harmful to human dignity and freedom, the next stage is to regulate the role of the church and society to the preparatory, uh, pepper, uh, to the to the edge, my the word I don't use a lot. Uh, prepper free to many in our circularized culture, religion is seen as something that must go. Perhaps we will be allowed to sing our hymns and preach our sermons within the four walls of our churches, but the faith must be banished from the public square. It has become increasingly unacceptable and intolerable that anyone should mention God. Pray in public or any way bring the Christian faith to bear on matters of public policy. Uh, nativity sets must go out with Christmas trees. There have even been some public schools that forbid the use of colors red and green during the holiday season. Do not even think about mentioning Jesus or thinking or th thanking him in your graduation speech. You may be forbidden to do so under penalty of law. You may talk about Madonna, the singer, but not the Madonna. In contrast, the Gay Straight Alliance Club at the local high school is welcome to pass out rainbow-colored condoms to the students. Muslims strangely get pass get a pass, but not Christians. No Bibles or Christians-themed pamphlets had better uh, had better see the light of day anywhere in the school building. Separation of church and state, you know. Criminalizing the targeted group or its works. Recent attempts to com compel us to violate our teaching and conscience are not noted above, but there have been many others. Times we have had to go to court to fight for our rights, to practice our faith openly. An increasing amount of legislation is being targeted against the church and other Christians for daring to live out our faith. Some jurisdictions have sought to compel Catholic hospitals and pro-life clinics to provide information about or refer referrals to abortion clinics or to supply emergency contraception. The uh, abortion abortifacient uh, no uh, the abortion drug known as the morning after pill in two thousand nine. The state of Connecticut sought to regulate the, the structure, uh, the structure, organization, and administration of Catholic parishes. A number of Christian students in various states have suffered legal injections when it was discovered that they planned uh, planned to mention God or Jesus in their graduation addresses. More details can be found here. Oh, hold on here. Let me read this again. A number of Christian students. Okay. Some jurisdictions have sought to compel Catholic hospitals and pro-life clinics to provide information about or referral to abortion clinics to supply emergency contraceptions, abortion drug, 
known known as the morning after pill in two thousand um, okay two thousand nine the state of Connecticut sought to regulate structure organization and administration of Catholic parishes. A number of Christian students in various states have suffered legal injunctions when it was discovered that they planned to mention God or Jesus in their graduation address. More details can be found here. Okay, I'll, I'll look at it later. A good number of those involved in these clashes feel quite righteous and justified in their efforts to remove the practice of the faith from public squares. Many of these attempts to criminalize the faith have been successfully rebuffed in the courts, but the number and frequency of the lawsuits and the time and cost involved in fighting them impose a huge burden. It is clear that attempts to criminalize Christian behavior poses a growing threat to religious liberty. Number five, persecuting targeted groups outright. In current trends, if current trends continue, Christians, especially religious leaders, may face fines and or incarceration. In Canada and in parts of Europe, Catholic clergy have been arrested and charged with hate crimes for preaching Catholic doctrine on homosexual activity. In our country, there are great uh, protections for free speech, but there has been a steady erosion of religious freedom. Some have had to spend long periods in courts defending basic religious liberty. The trajectory points to suffering lawsuits, fines, ultimately prison. Unlike, unlikely, you say, Alarmists, well, stages, stage one through, our, through four seems to be firmly in place. One may wish to, uh, to whistle past the graveyard, but it looks to me as if we're headed for stage five. Maybe a heavy post could use the, 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 um, the accompaniment of a lot harder, harder video. This animated retelling of Act 16 is so bad, but it's good. <laughs> All right, I'll play it. So Paul and Silas made their way to Derby and Lystra. Hi there, I'm Timothy, and I want to help you. Um, I don't know, Timothy. You look a little young to be helping us. I may be young, but I do not let anyone look down on me because of my age. Okay, but how tall are you? I'm 4'12". Okay, Timothy, 4'12". He won't let anyone look down on him because of his youth. Wait, doesn't that make you 5 foot? Uh, you're not really getting this joke, are you? So then, we traveled through Galatia to Philippi. Yeah, me, Luke, I went with them. So when we got there, we were ministering to the people. And this demon-possessed lady came up and she was like, These men are servants of the Most High God and will proclaim to us the way to salvation. And the lady would do this every single day. These men are servants of the Most High God and will... Lady, shut up! You are so annoying! In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her! Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be annoying. I was just... I respect your ministry and... Anyways, goodbye, love. 
But then the girl's master sees Paul and Silas beat them Ouch. and tossed them in jail. Yo, Silas, you're dead. Yaman. And God sent an earthquake to break their bonds and free them from jail. But the jail guard was pretty freaked out. He was like, Hello? Hello? Where are the prisoners? They're gone. Oh, no. I might as well just kill myself now. Wait. 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 Well, all the prisoners are still here? I, I thought you guys had escaped. No, that's what I was trying to say before we escape. I was going to offer you Jesus Christ, the free gift of eternal life. Wow, thank you. That's great. That's great news. I... <laughs> okay, that was funny. Yeah, and so it's, you know, you, it, it's happening around us. It's happening slowly. I mean, that's the one thing about our, our American culture, unfortunately, our political system and our culture. But you got to ask yourself, I mean, you have Catholics in a political life and they claim to be Catholic, and they use this whole thing, I, I personally object to it, but I, I won't impose my faith. I mean, the point is, you, you know the faith. You see how we've came this far. Christianity did not come this far by being soft on these moral issues. It didn't, you know, I mean, it, you know, it, it, you didn't get the Christian faith by being wishy-washy on certain moral issues that are important and yet you know you get you get these politicians and you get also catholic leaders so does the the question i want to know is what about persecution from within the church we know there's persecution from within the church maybe monsignor pope just can't talk about it but you know but it's true. It's extreme. It, it is true. The Catholic Mass is being persecuted. I have nothing against the Catholic Mass. I love the Catholic Mass. My only problem is I feel, I believe that uh, those who attend the Catholic Mass don't talk about encountering Christ in the Catholic Mass as much. They talk about the beauty. The beauty is important, yes. But I want to talk. I want you to talk about how Christ is real to you in the Catholic Mass. You know, I love the the three year cycle. I do. I think the three year cycle readings are fantastic. I think they're great because I encounter Christ in them every day. Christ speaks to me through the passage of Scripture every day. I don't like the way the Nobosordo is is practiced. I don't I wish it would be more reverent. I wish there would be more, you know, more reverence in it. I wish there would be more discipline in it. I don't like guitars. I don't like tambourines. I think the singing is horrible, but I love the readings. The readings are great. I wish the priest would speak would say his mass at Orientum. I I wish there would be more. But, you know, I don't attend a Latin Mass. There is no Latin Mass in my uh, nearby me. 
and I can't afford to go these long trips, wasting my time riding on a subway subway station, you know, especially a New York City subway. And, you know, there's to get to a Latin mass where most likely is going to be crowded and most likely is going to be problems in the subway. I'll be spending more time on the subway than, than in church. It's not going to happen. And I'm not going to pay for Uber every single day. It's not going to happen. But, you know, every Sunday at least. But the point is, is that I I feel that the negativity and the judgment that comes from a lot in Latin mass uh, goers, they have hurt themselves. They have hurt themselves because they, I think their tactics was bad. But I do believe that the persecution, the shutting down a Latin mass is also bad. It shouldn't be done. And yes, do I believe that one day the Novus Ordo, I think the Novus Ordo will start at some point, you'll see more and more um, serious practice of the Novus Ordo. I think once this, I don't know when, it may not be with after Pope Francis, it may be with another Pope, not the one that's going to follow him because that's probably going to be a liberal. But God can surprise us. God can um, can can give us a conservative Pope, a more holy Pope. Because what, what's going on now with the, the moral situation in the church is terrible. The persecution of conservative Catholics, not just rad, the, the rad trads, but I'm talking about conservative Catholics is happening all over. There's a lot of liberalism. These that's the thing that kills me. You got politicians and these and these clergy, they know what the church teaches, but they're going they're going out of the limb to teach immorality. And that's that's a sad problem. This is where I'm saying there's going to be persecution from within the church. Not just from the American not just from our, our fellow Americans, but I think there's going to be you're going to start seeing persecution happening all over. And I think it's coming. All right, folks, uh, I'm going to end it here. And I'll be back again soon with the readings for this weekend. God bless.